Hi there, my name is Mary Kilolea. Welcome to the To Be Boulder podcast, providing career insights for the next generation of women in business and tech. To Be Boulder was created out of my love for technology and marketing, my desire to bring together like-minded women, and my hope to be a great role model and source of inspiration for my two girls and other young women like you. Encouraging you guys to show up and to be bolder and to know that anything you guys dream of, it's totally possible. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Hi there. Today on the show, I'm delighted to have Jen Oss joining us. She is a woman I have admired over the years from afar. She has worked for various tech companies, including Yahoo, Red Giant, and is currently Chief of Staff to the VP and GM of High Performance Computing at Intel. Jen's passions include women in tech and building diversity and inclusion programs. Jen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mary. It's a pleasure to be here. So Jen, tell me a little bit about your role as Chief of Staff. Um, What exactly Chief of Staff does and some of the responsibilities. Yeah, sure. So uh, a Chief of Staff, um, really my role is to support uh, my VP. Um, She runs a organization that's about 240 uh, employees. So helping her with Uh, the day-to-day activities and keeping programs moving forward uh, within her organization. Uh, One of my key responsibilities is um, developing her executive communication plan. So uh, what what does her strategy look like in terms of her um, Twitter handle and her LinkedIn profile, her executive presence both internally and externally, Um, getting her uh, prepared and um, ready for customer meetings and, and those customer-facing opportunities, whether it's speakerships um, at events or it's um, one-on-one um, meetings with our partners uh, and our key customers, um, but making sure that she's prepped and ready for, um, for those conversations. Um, one of the other key uh, roles that I um, was brought on to do was help uh, develop a strategy for the organization. So what does high-performance computing um, strategy look like for 2020, 2021 now? Uh, and then how do we measure success? So working with her staff on what are those objectives and goals that they're going to take throughout the year that we can measure and show that we are moving the needle and moving in the right direction for the company. That sounds like such a cool job, um, really being behind the scenes and getting exposed um, to a VP level and and some of the decision-making and, like you said, working on the strategy. Um, Would you say that there's like a a specific career path for someone looking to take on a role of chief of staff? Yeah, I think going in a chief of staff direction, and maybe I should even start with where I was before. I became a chief of staff. So I was um, the uh, campaign uh, strategist, campaign manager for the global communications group at Intel. So I was working um, in a global team um, focused on um, 5G and building out uh, what that campaign looked like. Um, It was very one dimensional in terms of I only saw Um, just one part of that group, which was just my little area in a team of six. So um, I did that for a couple of years, but what I really wanted to understand was how is the business run? Um, How, uh, you know, how does the P&L work um, within 
this massive organization. Um, what is the role of a VP and how does she or, you know, he, we've got both, but how does my boss in particular um, deal with customers and deal with problems and roadmaps and all of the things that I wasn't privy to in just this one marketing group. And so um, that was the sort of the direction that I wanted to go. And we have that opportunity to do that within within Intel in like a TA chief of staff role. It's typically a two-year opportunity. Um, you come in, um, you're brought in by the VP who has a very uh, particular need for something. So um, I was brought in to, uh, because of my marketing background, to do strategy, to do success metrics, to build executive um, profile, uh, to help with her um, internal, external communications. There are other chiefs of staff and TAs who are brought in to do other things, maybe something a little more technical or um, support somebody more on, a, on the financial side. Um, so it really, it really depends on who your VP is and what their goals are and what you are aligned with them to kind of figure out and, and help. So that's, you know, so my, I mean, high performance computing is a very technical area. Um, I am not a very deep technical person, um, nor do I want to be. Like, that's just not my my thing. Um, so, you know, when I interviewed for that role, I, that I was very honest about it. I was like, I, I'm interviewing for this role uh, because these are the things you're looking for. Um, but I don't want to go deep in the weeds with the technical side of things because that's just not exciting for me. And, um, you know, her response to me was, uh, that's fine. We're surrounded by very smart engineers. I'm okay with you not having like a deep technical background. I'm like, great. This is a match made in heaven. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so it, it really honestly depends. The chief of staff role is a, is a unique role at Intel. It's like this middle layer that nobody really talks about. Mm -hmm. uh, you're either VP or you are in a group doing the work. Mm -hmm. um, but it's this middle layer that is a support layer, and there are not that many of us at Intel. Um, and so we've got a, a very um, unique network. I can reach out to my like TA network um, and ask a question, and I always get a response from this layer of TAs that support um, their VPs or their you know GMs or senior VPs. And so um, it's this unique opportunity to kind of understand the business, sit in on conversations that are happening that you normally wouldn't get the opportunity to sit in on um, and just understand a little bit more about, about the company and about how, um, how, how it works and, and how to deal with all sorts of different things from conflicts to, um, you know, successes. So. That's fantastic. And I, and I'm sure this is going to open up doors that you might not have even ever imagined prior to, this role internally and externally, what it, what this position has done for your career? Yeah, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to meet um, a lot of people. So building out my network mm -hmm. um, is uh, one of the things that I've really enjoyed. Um, and, you know, as a chief of staff, I'm usually the first person that people call and say, hey, I need access to your person. And I'm the one that says, mm, no, or <laughs> okay, you know, so um, 
has put me in that position of, you know, somewhat of an, uh, of an authority figure in that, you know, those are my decisions that get to be made. Right. Um, and so it, it, it has, I think, um, what I want to do after this is really up to me, right? There is no path for um, like a chief of staff, like here's the, the next step. This is what you do. Um, so over the last year and a half that I've been in this role, um, it's really been, you know, what do I want to do after this? How do I want to take these skills um, that I've learned and the knowledge that I've learned and how do I apply that to something else? Um, you know, whether it's at Intel or whether it's somewhere else, I mean, I'm hopeful, hopefully it'll be at Intel. And then also, you know, do I want to, do I want to go back to marketing? I haven't really done marketing for the last year and a half, um, besides marketing for my, uh, VP, but is that something that I want to go into or, um, because of my experiences in the chief of staff role, do I want to go more on the management leadership track? And so, you know, there's um, there's a lot of things that are that are kind of floating around in my head right now about you know which which direction do I really want to take. Um, one of the other things that this role has allowed me to do is um, really dive deeper into the people side of things. Uh, so, um, you know, I through this role, I have been able to be the program manager for the uh, data platforms group. There's a senior women um, onboarding um, opportunity. So, you know, what when people come into Intel at a senior level, how do we get them spun up on um, our group and what do they do? How do they access information? Who can they talk to? How do they build out their network? Whether they're coming from an internal different, you know, a different internal group into our group or an external hire. Um, you know, anytime you come into a new group, it's this whole new learning about all the Intel acronyms, uh, you know, in our rewards tools, you know, where do you find information about, um, you name it, right? Financials, when are all those due dates of all of the things? And then how do I even build out my network as a new person? I don't even know who the first person to talk to is. And so, um, I've been able to help program manage um, that uh, for um, for DPG for the Data Platforms Group, and that's been um, a great opportunity because I've been able to meet a lot of senior women, um, and you know build up my network that way as well. Uh, also, um, I've been um, I am the the diversity inclusion lead for our group, and that has also given me um, just a great opportunity to understand. Um, where the gaps are within the organization and where we really need to put our efforts in building out just a better place that people want to come to work and can bring their full selves to work. So I've had lots of opportunities to be able to do that. And, and this role has given me, um, given me those opportunities or else I wouldn't have been able, you know, to really have the time or the support um, to be able to go do those things. What are you most proud of in your career up to this oh. point? I know that's a big, big. <laughs> <There's> a <laughs> yeah, that's a big question. Um, there's a lot of things. I think um, what I'm probably most proud of is the fact that I, I do just continue to learn and grow and um, the things that I've, and, and also to be able to show my girls that, yeah. you know, I can be successful and it takes a lot of hard work. 
I think another um, like work success that I would say um, would be success and um, one that gave me the most stress at the same time was working on the 2018 Olympics. Uh, so that one was that that was a big project, um, which started, you know, a year plus uh, before the before the game. So as the 5G campaign manager, um, I was also the 5G strategy lead for the Pyeongchang Winter Games in 2018. And that was our first that was Intel's first foray into the Olympics. Mm. Um, 5G was still in demo mode. It wasn't real yet. Uh, so I had um, a team of people. I had a demo team. I had, you know, a, um, a technology team. I had a PR. I had um, marketing. I had creative, um, social, and legal, and HR, right? Like, we had this small team that came together and built out a strategy, um, built out, you know, success metrics, worked with the overarching um, Intel Olympic team on uh, branding and um, asset development, um, and then also having to get all of that cleared through the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, which um, was very challenging. It was like working on um, a project that always somebody always tells you no, <laughs> no, 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 and you've got to just fight every, you know, just fight for it. Um, and you're, you're limited with who you can work with too, because you only can work with Olympic partners. And so some of the projects and demos that we were doing, we've never done with these partners before. And so we had to make these things work. Um, and it was, you know, it was a lot of travel to South Korea, um, in the middle of winter, um, South Korea is beautiful, but I don't recommend going in the middle of winter, (laughs) very cold, (laughs) um, but, you know, it was it, it was a success. It was a lot of fun pulling um, something that large off um, and um, having it be successful. And, um, yeah, that was probably the biggest the biggest Intel success that I've had so far. Oh, that's fantastic. Um because I, I followed you over the years on, on social media. And so I've seen some of your travels and I'm like, oh my God, she's there. She's here. She's there. Uh, so yeah, it looks like you've had some exciting and the responsibility around the Olympics, um, I know can be quite intense. Uh, so this is kind of along those same lines. Would you say that was your aha moment when you felt like, okay, I, I'm kind of here. I, I, you know, I've worked hard to feel, I don't want to say substantial, but like everyone kind of has a substantial place in their mind where they could take a deep breath and go, okay, I've been doing good. Is there one right. like, one time or was that it for you? Was the success when you wrapped up the Olympics and said, yeah, I, I can be really proud of that. <laughs> I That was probably it. I mean, that was the biggest thing that I've worked on. You know, we had a massive, a, you know, a, a, I wouldn't say massive budget, but we had a, a large budget to be able to do what we needed to do. Um, uh, and it, it took so much out of me. And um, I think that's when I just kind of felt like, okay, I totally know that I gave everything that I have to this project. And I walked away from that feeling like that, 
I, I did the best that I could. Um, I left nothing on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in terms of just me physically, even, um, and it's, that would probably, that probably was, was it like there probably have been some smaller things here and there. Um, but that one I'm very, very proud of. And I feel like if I can do that, mm-hmm. I can do anything. If I can work with the IOC, I can do anything. And, <laughs> and I, and, and that's just how I feel now, even right. Like still, um, you know, that, that project gave me a little PTSD, um, but overall, it was such an amazing experience, and I would do it all over again. Yeah. So, what was your your method of self care after that? When you've like exhausted yourself, you know, to the depth that you did, because you were giving it your all. I mean, it's important yeah. to rebound. And, and how? What was your process for self care? Was it taking some time off? Was it you know scaling? It back? was more around. Okay. Yeah, it, it it was about scaling back and not necessarily scaling back, but what I've done this now, what else do I want to learn? How, where do I want to go from here? What more do I want to learn? And actually, that's where I pivoted and ended up in my chief of staff role because I I had done this massive project, but now I was on to where do I go from here? Yeah, And how do I continue to learn and develop? Now that I've got that done and I feel really good about that, I want to go and learn more about other things within the company and, and just more um, leadership type activities. And so that's where, um, in my mind, I just made the pivot and was like, okay, it's time to time to hang up the shoes on that one and go focus on something else. Um, but I also am one for change. I love change. I, I thrive on change. And I think most people are not that way. Most people don't like change. Um, but I, I do. And so I was like, okay, I, I conquered that. What's my next challenge? I'm diving into something that I know nothing about. Um, let's go. <laughs> I, I, I am so like you on that regard. I absolutely love change. Um, so speaking of that, for women who are looking to make a change in their own careers, are feeling insecure, or maybe apprehensive about going for it, what advice do you have for them? You just have to get out of your comfort zone. I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. I embrace, embrace the change. Um, I think that's, you know, m- one of my, one of my top mantras in my own head is just embrace the change. Um, if you, you know, if some, and sometimes that, that choice gets made for you, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, being downsized and, or, you know, your job's eliminated, or you are ready to just move on and do something different, right? So then it's your choice. Um, but either one of those, I think you just have to go with it and just like, okay, I'm ready for this. You know, I'm embracing this. Um, and for me, the only way to grow is to get uncomfortable. And I, I, I think when you are uncomfortable about something, you're nervous about something, that's the, that's when you're going to grow in the direction that you want to go. And I think that's, you know, kind of how I look at it. Um, it's kind of like when you go to the gym and you're working out and the, and the instructor's like, you know, you got to feel that burn or like when you push yourself to that limit where, you know, your body is like shaking and that's where the change is going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where the, 
muscles starting to build. And I'm like, that's what I think about when, (laughs) when I'm like trying to think, do I go in this direction? I'm really nervous about this. Is this the right thing? But I'm really excited about it, but I'm really nervous about it. Yes. That's where I need to go. Yeah. Um, As women, I think we get new opportunities and sometimes we jump at them before we really evaluate them to make sure it meets our needs. Um, what are some of like the must haves? Do you have like a checklist when you take on a new role um, as far as like requirements from leadership to, you know, pay to values within that org or group? Yeah, I think um, there's a couple of things. Company culture mm-hmm. is a huge, is a huge one for me. Um, is leadership supportive of their employees? Um are there programs in place where I can continue to grow and develop? Um, Cause if there, there aren't that I'm, I'm less inclined to, you know, go in that direction with that, with that company or with that organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there, there are a few things. I also look at how many women are on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at, you know, is there, is there a diverse you know, employee base. Um, I, you know, I think those things are very important. I think women and underrepresented minorities need a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, you know, those are things that I, I would look at. Um, I'd love your opinion on this. So I don't know if I equate it to COVID and kind of where we all been through or Brene Brown um, and her impact, but I feel the world has become more accepting of us showing vulnerability. Yeah. I think um, for women um, and trying to move up the ladder and be accepted in terms of, you know, our, our place doesn't have to be at home. Our place is also working and working side by side with men. And, and I think my opinion on vulnerability is that we have not done a good job of being vulnerable. We tend to, you know, not talk about the things that um, are causing anxiety or struggles in our lives, because we don't want that to be the issue that somebody has with Mm. not hiring us or not giving us a raise. Um, And we just, you know, we have to suck it up and, and, you know, play in the same room as, you know, the men really. And, you know, I, do I need to play on a fantasy football team because everybody else in the room is playing on fantasy football team? No, I hate fantasy football. I'm not doing it. Right. Um, So, I think, I think that that's, you know, where you, where we need to get better at saying, no, I'm not okay with this, or um, I feel a certain way. And that's just how I feel. It doesn't affect my job, or it doesn't affect this, but you should know this about me. Um, Or, you know, something had happened in the past. And this is the reason why I managed people this way. Um, Or, you know, this is, whatever, right? Whatever it is, I think we need to get better about talking about it and being accepting of other people's vulnerabilities. I think there is a risk for women to be vulnerable, but at the same time, there's a huge reward. But I do think there's a responsibility of those 
um, in the room when vulnerabilities are shared that can either leave a lasting positive impression to those who take that risk, who are vulnerable. And then there's, you know, unfortunately, some that may not have the training sensitivity or awareness to what they're receiving. And I think that is a big challenge with, you know, management training, leadership training, Mm-hmm. As we progress and as we all, you know, come back out of COVID, because there's going to be a lot of people who are going through some tough re-entry, whether it converts into hybrid, yeah. whether it, you know, what we're going through now is way deeper than any of us really even know that we're going through. And we're fortunate in the fact that, you know, we have, we, we have jobs. Mm-hmm. So many women um, have, you know, so have lost their jobs or have chosen to step away from their jobs because they need to take care of their family at home, whether it's kids or parents. Um, You know, it's, we, yeah, I mean, COVID has done um, a lot of damage to um, just women in the workplace. And I think uh, it's going to take us a while to bounce back uh, from that. And I think management and companies, need to really look at the programs that they're providing, whether it's re-entry programs for women or it's better support opportunities uh, for those um, who, you know, are just struggling with working and taking care of, you know, kids at home. Um, I mean, I know mine are at least, you know, old enough to open the computer, get on it by themselves, manage their day-to-day um, for school. Uh, but that still doesn't mean it comes, you know, it's easy for me. It's like, mom, mom, <laughs> you know, I need help with this. I need help with this. When are you off a call all day long? Right. And so, you know, you go from, you go from work mindset to, you know, school mindset and then back to work mindset. And it's exhausting throughout yeah. the day. Um, by the end of the day, I'm tired and it's hard. Um, so yeah, I think I think you know companies need to do a, a better job of you know what are those programs that could they could implement that would really support the working parent, um, just just you know whether it's some additional time off or you know shifting meetings and not feeling guilty about doing that. Right. Because um, I know I I work way more now than I did when I was going to the office, I mean, I am working all day into the evening on the weekends because my office is here. So I, I'm here. Right. So yeah, I think it's, it's, it's definitely taking a toll. I think burnout um, is going to be a real thing real fast. I agree. Um, What would you tell your 20 year old self if you could tell her anything? I would say um, embrace the change. Always keep learning. Um, you know, you never stop learning every day. Um, find something new. Uh, you know, find something you're passionate about and go for it. Um, and you know, just always keep an open mind uh, as well, and understand that. Um, you know, I, I mean, I even wrote, I even 
you know, wrote this down, which was, you know, understanding that our individual differences is what makes us better together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. Um, one of the things that I learned uh, was my passion for travel and uh, just exploring different cultures and talking to people. So I, I'm, I'm more of an extrovert. I could talk to anybody in a room. Um, I love to do that. And I also love to go off the beaten path when I'm traveling and just talk to people and see how people are living. And, um, you know, some of my favorite places are um, like Central America, where it's so just family friendly. And in terms of everybody, you know, is, is so welcoming and they're always wanting to talk and, and, you just learn so much about their culture and, um, you know, they want to share with you. And so, you know, it's, it's great to be able to, to do, to do that. And I think that a wealth of knowledge comes from understanding um, other people and where they come from and what they could bring to the table and travel, always keep learning, embrace the change. Change is going to happen no matter what. That is true. (laughs) We've all learned that. Um, (laughs) What's one of yes. been one of the best pieces of advice that you've received from a mentor or um, someone who's uh, been influential in your career? I think it's it has been actually over this past year um, and my boss just having those conversations about what do you really want to do? Like, don't just you know dig deep and understand your core values and don't settle for something that's outside of your values. Like just hold on to those and that's going to help guide you in the direction that you need to go. I love that. Um, So that brings me to the, the question, what does to be bolder mean to you? (laughs) (laughs) to be what does to be bolder mean to me um it means just that go out make it make something happen make a change and and it doesn't even have to be something massively you know just massive it it could be a small change but it's something that you know you've you wanted to do and you went and accomplished it and um you know i think to be bolder is just take that step take that first step Oh, I love it. And I love having women like you on this show who answer that question because everyone has been different, but everyone captures the core of what I envision it to be kind of on that big <laughs> giant scale of like, that really is like the thing, just be bolder. If, if we all just did that within mm-hmm. ourselves we would be able to answer so many questions by being bolder. Yeah. And if we can just support each other as well as women, I think that's, you know, we're, we're not out to, to be after each other, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. let's just do this together. We've, we've got an opportunity right now. Um, and let's, let's do it. And we we can't do it individually. We all have to do it together. It has been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for joining us. How could someone um, get in touch with you? Yeah, they can LinkedIn with me. Um, I am Jen Ost, um, Jennifer Ost, A-U-S-T. So yeah, that's uh, happy to to meet, happy to support women. uh, And 
looking forward to it. Thank you. And thank you, Mary, for having me on the show. It was a great conversation. Oh, thank you very much. And it's going to be exciting to see uh, where you go next and and what you decide. (laughs) Yeah, I'm interested in that too. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jen. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to the episode today. It was really fun chatting with my guest. If you liked our show, please like it and share it with your friends. If you want to learn what we're up to, please go check out our website at 2bbolder.com. That's the number two, little b, boulder.com.